What's up there, guys? I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks so much for joining us for our Week 10 recap as we look back on the weekend that was in the Big 12 Conference. First time in a few weeks that we actually had five Big 12 games go on on the same day. So that was pretty exciting in and of itself. Thanks so much for joining us on Periscope. We're also on Facebook Live, and we'll be putting this up on our iTunes page as well. So download the podcast if... You have not yet been doing that, and please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And when you do that and email me a screenshot to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com, I will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. We gave away 25, 30 of these things yesterday in Austin. Got a lot of good feedback from you guys, a lot of people listening to the podcast and checking out the website, so we do appreciate that. Well, uh, let's start off with... The game that was this weekend. By the way, we do have some breaking news. Let me start there. David Beatty is out. David Beatty is out as the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. He is um, done. He's going to finish out the season, though. David Beatty's going to finish out the season with the Kansas Jayhawks, and then he's going to be done. Don't know yet who's going to be in. A lot of rumors swirling about maybe less miles. Uh, Brett Bielema feels like a long shot to me, but those are some of the names that are being discussed out there. So we'll monitor it for you, but David Beatty is out. It's the right move. It is time for Kansas to move on, find itself a new leader, find itself a new head coach. It's not that David Beatty's not a good guy. He's a really good guy, and he's somebody that I was rooting for that a lot of us were rooting for, but he wasn't getting the job done. It was time for David Beatty to be sent packing. Yeah, Corey, which uh, which game you want to talk about with the Big 12 officials being a joke? We'll, we'll get to all that. We will. We will certainly get to all that. But uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. I would not mind to see less miles. I know he's in his 60s. I get it. I know he's not a young man. But at the same time, at the same time, he would be a lot of fun in the Big 12. And if Les Miles can get this team to the point where it's winning, you know, it's bowl eligible or at least competing for bowl eligibility season in, season out, I think that's a major success. And then you have a younger guy come in and take over the reins and go from there. So we'll see. But David Beatty's done. It was time. Uh, Jeff Long could not continue this charade with David Beatty thinking it's going to get better, especially because there were so many seniors on this year's team. He would have simply been back to square one after this year. If this is the best it's going to get, three wins and losing games by an average of 20 points instead of by 30 points, that's not good enough. It's not. So we wish David Beatty well. He's a trooper. He's sticking out the season. Now he's also getting paid $3 million to do it. I, you know, I'm not going to feel too bad for the guy, but we'll see. Do you see David Montgomery only getting 14 carries as Campbell's trying to keep him fresh for the rest of the season? Um, you know, I think that this is an obvious attempt by coaches. Obvious attempt by coaches, whether it's Mike Gundy with Justice Hill or Matt Campbell with David Montgomery. They're trying to keep these guys fresh because they know their bodies only have so many carries in there. And you don't want to be the coach that's running your running back into the ground in college. You get a bad rap with recruits. You get a bad rap at the high school level. And these guys try to go to the NFL and they're burnt out. You don't want to be that guy. I don't know if if Campbell's on a carries limit like what Mike Gundy tried to do with Justice Hill earlier in the season. That being said, you just have to do what it takes to win these games. I don't see Campbell holding 
uh, Montgomery to 14, but I could be proven wrong on that. I could. So I was in I was in Austin over the weekend. Went down there for the uh, Texas West Virginia game, and what a show it was! I mean, that was as great of an atmosphere. Now, full disclosure, I didn't have a dog in the fight. But I was sitting in the West Virginia fan section because the buddy I was staying with, uh, he's a West Virginia alum. A couple of his buddies were down there as well. They were West Virginia alumni as well. So that's where I was sitting. Um, you know, I wanted a great game. Didn't much matter to me who won. I just wanted a great game. You know, if you're thinking about what's truly best for the Big 12 Conference, the best thing for the Big 12 Conference would have been Texas winning because that would have increased the likelihood of a Texas versus Oklahoma rematch in the Big 12 championship game, which would have the biggest ratings of all of any of these teams meeting up again. So, But I, I really didn't care. I was there to have a, have a good time, have a great game, and I got all of that in one. My prediction right now for the Big 12 championship game is I'll give that to you. Who asked that question? That was... Uh, I couldn't figure out your name there. But the answer to that question right now, I still, well, I'll get to it later on in the podcast. Hang on for that. All right, so this game yesterday, tailgated right by the LBJ Library. Great spot, good scene, good people, had a good tailgate there. And we had a little tacos rolling about around noon or so. A lot of people tailgating in the area, met a lot of people, handed out a bunch of koozies. It was a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, sat in the, I guess that would have been the north east corner of the end zone which was a great view you get a great view of the city up there from uh from dkr good spot couple of toolish moronic idiotic west virginia fans trying to get into fights with each other not even texas fans some of these guys were so drunk they were trying to get into fights with their own fan base i couldn't believe how stupid some of these guys were but either way um they were a good time we had a good time and that game i mean that pass from will greer to gary jennings uh, to put West Virginia down a point, and then for Dana Holgerson to go for two, not once, not twice, but three times. Three times he goes for two, because think about it. First time they line up, Herman calls a timeout. Second time they line up, Herman, they get the playoff, but Herman had just snuck in a timeout in time. That was the slant route to David Sills. Then the third time they go for it again, and you have Will Greer running it in the left corner of the end zone. I don't know if that's the same play that Greer injured his finger on against Texas last year. It looked very similar in the left corner of the end zone. I don't know if it was, but it was very, very fun to watch that game and follow that game and be there for that atmosphere yesterday. And I got to be honest, I was saying kick the extra point. Kick the extra point. I was saying it. Not because I know the old adage is you go for the tie at home and the win on the road. I get it. I totally get it. But it just felt to me like West Virginia had momentum in that game after that late score and that big score. DKR was silent, and I thought going for the tie made the most amount of sense. So I'm going to just put that out there because... If, if Dana Holgerson had not gotten the two-point conversion, he would have been crucified, rightfully so. So I'm going to give him credit and say I disagreed with him at the time. But I did also believe that he was making the wrong decision there. But I give him you know, huge kudos. I mean, huge, huge balls of steel from, um, from Dana Holgerson. He deserves all the credit, but I disagreed with him at the time. I do. Uh, you want to talk about the childish taunting of Tom Herman there? I... I 
you know, I was at the game, so I don't know. I know there was a couple of taunting penalties throughout the game. I didn't see all the details, but I know that there was a lot of discussion as to whether or not the old horns down or horns up and if that was a penalty or not. Let me just say this. If horns down is a penalty, then horns up has to be a, has to be a penalty, right? I mean, is that kind of, does that make any sense at all to people or not? Is that fair or no? I don't know what to say. I mean, Dan Olgerson said after the game he was told that horns up or horns down would be okay. Didn't he say that? That's what Dana Holgerson said after the game, that he was told horns down would be okay. Turned out, horns down was not okay because a couple of guys got penalties for it. Then you had guys complaining that Will Greer did horns down before he entered the end zone. I guess Tom Herman brought that up after the game as well. Just stop with the, stop with the taunting stuff, okay? Just stop. Unless it's egregious where you're in a guy's face doing horns down going into the end zone I'm not throwing a flag if I'm an official there. I'm not bailing you out on that. I'm just not doing it. And I like Texas. I want to see him win. I want to see him do well. It's good for the conference. But yeah, I don't. I, the bitching and moaning about horns down. It's like guys, people haven't doing horns down for 50 years. Just let them be college kids. You know, you're Texas. You got the bullseye on your back, especially now that you're playing well again. And that's it. You know what you're getting into when you go there. You know what you're getting into when you coach there. And that's part of what makes it attractive, right? You're making big bucks. You're all four or five-star recruits. Everybody wants to beat you. Get over it. Just get over it. Unless it's egregious where guys are in your face, horns downing nonstop, just focus on what's going on on the field and the plays. That's what's most important here. So, yeah, I, I don't love the moaning and, and the bitching about everything with the horns down. I don't care for it, but it's, you know, yeah. Especially Herman's never been one to uh, keep his emotions in check, right? Or he's worn them on his sleeve plenty of times. He's mocked people before on the sidelines. What was it, the bowl game last year? I don't want to hear it. Just stop. Just stop. Um, let's have a good game and let's all move on. So fantastic atmosphere yesterday in Austin. It was a great to, uh, to be there and I'll be writing about that on the site this week as well. Okay. So Iowa state dominates Kansas. David Beatty gets canned. That news comes down today. I don't know if Hakeem Butler is, is going to go to the NFL after this year. I don't know what NFL scouts think about his route running and things like that. I happen to think it's pretty good. I have an amateur eye. I do, but Boy, this guy's the real deal. Hakeem Butler is going to be playing on Sundays, going to be a great success story on Sundays, and he's going to be somebody that everybody is looking to watch and follow and see on Sundays because <laughs> he just gets better every time I see him play. And yesterday, you look at Iowa State, between Brock Purdy, Hakeem Butler, and that defense, uh, that's the scariest team in the Big 12 this side of Oklahoma. And I'm not saying that to get on, uh, you know, get under West Virginia fans' skin. But if you told me I could face uh, one of those three teams right now, West Virginia, Iowa State, or Oklahoma, I'd pick West Virginia. Not an insult to West Virginia. I just think Iowa State is right now playing that good of football, that it's well-deserved and that it's warranted. Now, when it comes to the Big 12 championship game, uh, you know, it's going to be some combination of Oklahoma, Iowa State, or West Virginia. Now, if West Virginia loses the final game of the season to Oklahoma, then 
they would have two losses in Big 12 play, the same as Iowa State, if Iowa State wins out. Then you would have Iowa State playing Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game if the Cyclones went out because the Cyclones beat West Virginia in the head-to-head. So just right now, my hunch, I think Iowa State can win the rest of its games. As I recall, the schedule is not that hard. Um, so I, I believe that it's going to ultimately be Oklahoma and West Virginia, or Oklahoma and Iowa State, excuse me, Oklahoma and Iowa State because Iowa State's got Baylor, Texas, and Kansas State left. So if they win out and then OU beats West Virginia the final week of the season, which I believe they will, then it's going to be Oklahoma and Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. Yes, I think Iowa State will go to Austin and win. I do. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but I do think they can They can do that. You know, I, I got to be honest. I love Texas fans. Had a good time meeting a lot of people yesterday. It's not great home field advantage. It's not. Home field advantage is not great. You know, there's a lot of people that are at these games from out of town. There's a lot of people that are at these Texas games who are, you know, just like guys and gals on bachelor parties. It's like they're, they're, they're not helping create a great home field advantage atmosphere. They're just not. Uh, it's not helping Texas's cause any. And I know Tom Herman's trying to change that atmosphere, but it's not easy to do. It's just not. So I thought this would happen, by the way. I didn't think they'd lose outright, but I knew Oklahoma State was going to come out and they were going to play, uh, play underwhelm. Let's put it that way. Because they have the huge win over Texas last week, emotional weekend, homecoming weekend, night game, number six Texas. They got Bedlam next weekend. This was the game where they were going to be a bit of a letdown. And this team has been so up and down all season long that you see what Oklahoma State did. And, and you're not shocked. Uh, Mike Gundy's team loses to, to um, uh, Kansas State a couple weeks ago. And then he goes out there and beats Texas, and then he loses to Baylor. And I know a few Baylor guys who were jumping for joy yesterday. I saw that on Facebook. Our buddy Donnie, who uh, took us to a Baylor game last year, he was uh, going bonkers yesterday. I mean, Baylor's 3-3. Three and three. Baylor's a 3-3 three and three team in the Big 12. They're probably going to go to a bowl game a year after winning one game. There's still this, like, faction of Baylor fans who are longing for the days of Art Bryles, and they got to get over themselves. What Matt Rule is doing with this program, making it relevant a couple years after a massive sexual assault scandal that rocked the entire university, the guy deserves some credit. The Coors Lights were great. Uh, yeah, they were great Coors Lights. The Tito's for breakfast was outstanding in Austin. Uh, it was it was a, a really great time. It was, yeah. The, the Coors Lights were just something about those Blue Mountains in Austin really, uh, really gets me going. I really do. I was impressed. So we're live on Periscope. We're on Facebook Live as well. We'll be on YouTube and on the uh, on the iTunes page as well. So that's not a shocker to me in Waco uh, that Oklahoma State had itself a letdown game. So I saw this. TCU beats Kansas State 14-13. And Kansas State has itself a couple of special teams blunders. I don't think Matt Rule is going to the pros soon. I know his name keeps popping up. He's got experience in the pros. He coached under Tom Coughlin. I don't think he's going to the pros soon. I know there was talk about the uh, um, him getting the Colts job last year. He's not going to the pros soon. TCU beats Kansas State by a point, and <clears throat> there were a couple of special teams blunders for K-State, right? They missed an extra point. The, one of the TCU uh, touchdowns came off of a turnover there by Kansas State. 
And Bill Snodder came out and knocked Isaiah Zuber after the game. You know, he said, we don't have a special teams problem. We had one young man who was out of, you know, didn't do well or didn't play well or keeps making mistakes or something like that. He rolled Isaiah Zuber right under the bus. And I got to be honest, that, that, uh, that should tick off a lot of K-State fans. That I'll get to the game in Lubbock here in a second. That should tick off a lot of K-State fans that Bill Snyder was literally throwing Isaiah Zuber right under the bus. Because they keep putting Isaiah Zuber back there in the kick return and punt return situations. They're doing it time and time again. Whose fault is that? That's the coaching staff's fault. That is absolutely the coaching staff's fault. And guess who runs the special teams for Bill Snyder? It is run by none other than his son, Sean Snyder, the same guy that he is desperately trying to get the job to. It is, I mean, talk about trying to protect your own skin. It's become embarrassing what Bill Snyder's trying to do. He will go to any length and any measure to get his son that job. And it has become embarrassingly pathetic what he's trying to do. And he's rolling his own guys under the bus uh, to do it. Because this is Sean Snyder's unit. The special teams has not been good this year. And yes, Corey, Snyder is about to destroy everything he built. And even um, uh, Tim Fitzgerald of Go Power Cat, who's a guy that I respect a lot, he came out with a scathing, absolutely scathing uh, critique of Bill Snyder. And I thought it was very fair. I retweeted it yesterday because he put up the video. I'm going to pull it up here. He pulled up the video of Snyder knocking Isaiah Zuber. And I'm going to pull it up, see what Tim had to say, because it was a very fair point. Tim Fitzgerald writes, this is disgusting. I've never seen Coach do this so blatantly. Look, Zuber hasn't been good as a return specialist since week one, but a special teams coordinator keeps putting him on the field. Bingo, yeah. And two kicking game blunders were big too. Yes, it was special teams. There, it was. It absolutely was. So Bill Snyder is going to destroy a lot of good things that he's done there. And he's not a god. He was hired to turn around a program. He did it. 30-some-odd years later, he doesn't get to hold the program by the balls. He doesn't get to do it. And for some reason, some Kansas State fans and people in charge seem to think that he can. Um, The night game was Oklahoma and Texas Tech. I don't know how this game would have been different. I'd be curious to see how it would have been different had Alan Bowman played the second half. Alan Bowman, this morning, it was reported at about 4 a.m. I wake up in Austin at 4 a.m. I'm like on the uh, couch, and I see Bruce Feldman tweeting about the fact that uh, Alan Bowen's brought back to the hospital because of that collapsed lung that he might have re-injured yesterday and the hit from Curtis Bolton that happened last night. I, I, you know, I'm not a doctor. Don't pretend to be one. I mean, I can't pretend to be one. But when you have a guy that now has suddenly had this collapsed lung injury, he's now getting brought back to the hospital for it. <sighs> That's dangerous. And Alan Bowman needs to take all the time he needs Every day, whatever it is, if he can't play the rest of the season, that's fine. Alan Bowman should not play the rest of the season if this collapsed lung injury is that serious. So we'll keep an eye on that. But I thought Texas Tech played a heck of a game. Uh, that was the only loss. My picks went 4-1 and one against the spread yesterday. Uh, we nailed them all. Had the K-State plus 8, Baylor plus 8, Iowa State minus 14 and a half. I had West Virginia plus two and a half, and then I had Oklahoma minus 13 and a half. That was the only miss we had yesterday in the Big 12 games. 
Tech came out and hey, the defense turnovers early, and I was impressed. You know, I, I they were not intimidated by the moment. And even if Texas Tech loses this week to Texas and finds itself as five and five, they'll have a great chance to finish seven and five, get to a bowl game. And then, you know, if they win a bowl game, eight and five, I think any Texas Tech fan would have signed up for eight and five with a bowl win before the season started. There's no doubt in my mind about that. So if that's what they end up being at, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is coming back. He will be the head coach next fall and it will be well-deserved. And as I pointed out last week, his recruiting class for 2019 is pretty impressive. His top two recruits are defensive ends. So all of a sudden, this is becoming a defensive powerhouse in Lubbock, at least by Big 12 standards. But Kyler Murray was not as efficient, obviously, as he has been in uh, recent weeks. But he still did more than enough to get the job done in Oklahoma you know, when it comes to the college football playoff, they still have to win out. And that means including the Big 12 championship game, they can't even get there and lose it. No, they have to win every game left in the schedule. And the tough one, obviously, that we're going to be looking at is the West Virginia matchup at the end of the season. I believe that's the Black Friday game. They have Bedlam next week. I'm not too concerned about it. Oklahoma State is so up and down. I just I don't see how anybody can sit there and pick Oklahoma State to win that game. I I don't see how you could do it. But I think in many ways, you know, it's Alabama, right? Look what Alabama did to LSU last night. I don't know who can compete with that team. I really don't. But from a pure matchup perspective, OU might be the best team to match up with Alabama. Not saying they can beat them. But there's no one that Alabama has faced or will face with this type of an explosive offense and this type of speed and potentially this type of offensive line. So I, I know I don't know how OU would stop any stop Alabama defensively. I don't know how they do it. Frankly, I don't think they could do it. But they're the only team that might be able to keep up with them in terms of putting points on the board. So once again, it's not that OU might is the second best team in the country. I don't think they are right now but they might be the best team designed to play in Alabama right now, which is something interesting to watch. But we'll find out Tuesday night in terms of what the rankings come out as. Uh, any other comments, throw them in Facebook Live. Also throw them in a Periscope. We're live in both places. We'll put this up on YouTube as well. Subscribe to us there and on iTunes. On Periscope, uh, Steven writes, opinion on the Texas-Iowa State game in two weeks on Longhorn Network. Seems like a big game that won't be on national TV. I don't know how that works, if they can pull that off of Longhorn Network. I don't have Longhorn Network. And to say now that that game's going to have Big 12 championship implications and I can't watch it and most of you can't watch it, yeah, that's not a good thing. That's why Longhorn Network is a disaster to begin with. You know, they thought maybe before the season – this would not be as big a game as it is. I guess that's what they thought. I'm not sure why they thought that. But, um, uh, yeah, I, that's that's not going to be a good situation if that's on Longhorn Network. No, I can't broadcast the Kansas City game. I don't know if that means soccer or what. Can e yeah, ESPN I can buy it out, but I don't know what the logistics are of that. I don't know how that works, how soon that has to be done, uh, what the costs associated with that are. I don't know. Curtis on Facebook writes, Black Friday night game in Morgantown equals bad things for Oklahoma. Uh, Curtis, I know you're a West Virginia fan. I get why you'd say that. But, you know, this Texas offense is far from creative. And West Virginia still has some issues on defense that they got to get squared away. 
And OU's defense, remember, was missing a couple of guys yesterday. Uh, Bookie was out. Uh, true freshman. Uh, Radley Hiles was out of that game. Five-star recruit who has played well and, and played in every game this season. He was not in that game yesterday. Uh, Parnell Motley's got to be just put to the bench. The guy is not any good, and the less he plays, the better off OU's defense is. So OU was a little banged up yesterday on defense, and I have a hard time right now if OU... You know, if this game was to be played next week at night in Morgantown, OU's probably four or five point favorite. Yeah, Houghton was out too. Uh, he's probably a four or five point favorite right now, and I'd probably take OU to cover that game at this point. I would. OU's defense doesn't stop West Virginia's offense, Kyle says on Facebook. Well, once again, I agree, but it's whose defense can stop the other offense at least one more time, right? That's the biggest thing. And that's where I think that OU has uh, just an edge in that game when we get there. But it's going to be a hell of a game. And if we get that game twice in eight days, uh, that's going to be fascinating as well. You know, But there really are only two teams now in the Big 12 that can make the college football playoff. And that is Oklahoma or West Virginia. And each of them have to run the table to get there. Uh, that's, you know, there's not going to be a two-loss Big 12 team in the college football playoff. It's not going to happen. It's too bad Iowa State lost that game to TCU. Um, and if Brock Purdy played in that game, certainly would not have been the case. Because if Iowa State also had one loss right now in the Big 12, that would be a hell of a storyline. It would. And I'm, I'm curious to see where Iowa State is. You know, the college football playoff committee, they love the ACC. So many of the bottom tier of the top 25, like the NC States of the world, the uh, BCs of the world, um, who else was in that top 25 barely for, oh, Virginia was at top, was Virginia was at 25. I mean, none of those teams are really top 25 caliber. The ACC is not very good this year. I don't know who in the committee loves the ACC, but they got a lot of love near the bottom of the top 25. So I think Iowa State's going to jump up a few spots. They might be in the top 20. I think Texas will stay in the top 25 on Tuesday. They should. I still think Texas is a top 25 team. Um, so I think they'll have four Big 12 teams ranked. You'll have Oklahoma, West Virginia, Iowa State, and Texas. And that's about right because there's a big drop-off in the Big 12 after those top four teams right now. A major drop-off. As much as Baylor fans want to say that their guys are back, I mean, you just got absolutely smoked in, um, in, uh, in Morgantown a couple of weeks ago. You know, I think Tech is solid. You can make an argument Tech is probably the fifth best team in the conference. I think you can say that pretty confidently. And in fairness, they have played with the Iowa States of the world. They have played with the Oklahomas of the world. But there's the four, then there's Texas Tech, and then it's kind of like everybody else. And that's where the Big 12 finds itself right now. So we appreciate you guys joining us. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. For those of you who... Uh, if any of you got the koozie yesterday, we handed out about 25, 30 koozies in Austin. Had a great time doing that. Uh, a lot of you having nice things to say about the... I was actually surprised. More people that knew about us, uh, knew about us because of the podcast, not because of the website. You know, you knew of the website, but you were actually listeners to the podcast. So we appreciate that. And once again, we do this on Facebook Live and Periscope every Sunday, but... The, uh, we do a radio show every week. It airs in four Big 12 states on six or seven different states, seven stations now in Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and West Virginia. And then we put it into podcast form on iTunes. So if you join us in the Periscopes and on the Facebook Lives, 
go to iTunes, download the podcast, subscribe there, and if you rate it and you take a screenshot of your rating and review and send it to me, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, I will send you a free koozie. When am I coming to Norman? Probably not till next summer. Next summer, next fall. Uh, my wife is due with our first kid in five weeks now, so I still don't know if I'm even going to be at the Big 12 championship game. It might be a little too close for comfort. Uh, why, when's an Iowa radio station going to pick up the show? I've been trying to get an Iowa radio station on the show for, for a year now. I can't get a station in Iowa to pick it up because half the state is focused on the Hawkeyes. So automatically half the state doesn't care about the Big 12. So I got to find that station that is into the Big 12, that is into Iowa State. Um, so I'm still looking to do that. I'm still searching. But yeah, if you have any suggestions about an Iowa radio station that'll pick up the show, please do let me know. And if you can't get the show, like I said, just pull it up on iTunes and we'll do it there for you. So uh, week 10's in the books, guys. It's a lot of fun. And we'll be back with you coming up this week right here on heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, Facebook.